I'm Father Tom Sullivan of the Fathers of Mercy, and thank you so much, Father, for inviting me to come to preach your parish mission for you. As we enter into this first week of Lent, have you made your Lenten resolution? Have you decided I'm going to give up maybe beer for for 40 days and 40 nights? Have you decided you're going to give up ice cream or potato chips or soap operas or, you know, reading too much news and spending more time in prayer? I want to lose a little bit of extra weight here, you know, so I'm going to fast from certain things that I know that are, you know, are good but not good for me at this time. If you're doing those things, I commend you. But you also have to understand there's more to it than that. That is purging of the body. That is imitating Jesus going 40 days and 40 nights into the desert. But think about it for a moment. If you purge the body, isn't there also the spirit that needs to be taken care of? What am I going to do to nourish myself, to feed on the word of God? Actually, to be gluttonous on the word of God, to come closer to him. Will I spend 10 to 15 minutes a day reading sacred scripture or the gospel for the next day? Will I meditate upon God's will for me? Will I encourage myself through the grace of God and the Holy Spirit to give up my life of licentiousness, to give up my life of sin, to truly say, Lord, I hate sin as much as you do, or at least I aspire to that, And I want to have a conversion of heart, a conversion of soul, a conversion of life. And therefore, I'm going to go to confession. And I'm going to make a firm resolve not to sin again. And then go about my way. And if I feel as if I'm falling a little bit, or I'm beginning to slip up, then I go back to confession, and it becomes a regular habit. Because you have to understand, many, many, many people today run around the world saying, I'm glorified. I'm a saint. Nobody goes to hell. Hell doesn't exist. We're all going to heaven. That's not necessarily true. We want to go to heaven, but we have to live accordingly. We have to be saints here on earth, but we cannot presume on that. We have to work at it. It's just not given. And then at the same time, you have to realize that we are justified in this life. Therefore, I accept our Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I am washed clean with his precious blood, and I receive him in communion as often as I possibly can, and I have this great conversion of life from a life of sin to a life leading to glory. Because in this life we are justified, in the next we are glorified. Therefore, we become saints. You are imitating John the Baptist, who expressed, I must decrease in this And he must increase. And he's pointing to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. At the same time, you're imitating St. Paul. This old man of sin must die. And this new man, born again in Jesus Christ, must live. And therefore, by cleansing the temple of the Holy Spirit, we are preparing ourselves to encounter Christ face to face at judgment. Well done, good and faithful servant. Or, I do not know you. Bind his hands and his feet and put him out. So what are you doing for Lent? 
Do not just give it hyperbole or, or lip service. What are you doing for Lent? And then truly make the commitment to want to be a saint. Jesus tells us how we'll be tempted by the devil here in this gospel. The world, the flesh, and the devil. He will offer us every opportunity to have all the wonderful amenities of life if he can just snatch that soul from the kingdom of God, eternal damnation. And Jesus gives us the remedy of how to avoid that. He teaches us, use the things of this world that I've given to you for they are good. However, do not become so enamored by them that it causes you to lose your focus about where you need to go. I am the last man in the world who should be up here preaching this to you. The last. And I hope I don't scandalize some of the young ones, but I never, ever, ever wanted to be Catholic. I never wanted to be a priest. I was born into being Catholic. And, you know, <laughs> before the, the, the realization that God wanted me to be a priest, you know what I wanted to be when I grew up? A Philadelphia Eagle. You know, I wanted to be a millionaire. I have four brothers and two sisters. My mom raised us as a single mom coming out of Philadelphia. My resume to the priesthood began on December 24th, 1974, Christmas Eve. A little church called the Annunciation, whose feast is coming up at the end of the month. I went to midnight mass with my buddies and we're hanging out in the back of the church in the church basement. You know, all of a sudden some older guys and girls came in celebrating the birth of our Lord just a little bit early, getting a head start. They hit one of those eight foot tables and the table went down and I started to laugh. And the next thing I knew, somebody grabbed me by the scruff of my neck in the seat of my pants and threw me out of church Christmas Eve. I looked up on Wexford Road to see who it was that had me, and it was the Monsignor of the parish. And I looked up at the Monsignor, and I told him under no uncertain terms, you and your God can take a hike. I want nothing to do with you or Jesus Christ ever again, Monsignor, and you'll never see me step foot again in the church. And I left. And I wasn't intimidated by this man. I had four brothers, two younger, two older, and the beatings that we used to give each other in the house and playing on the fields were nothing in comparison to what this guy had just done. No blood, no foul in our house. Ten years, I did not go to confession. Ten years, I did not go to Mass. Ten years, you couldn't speak to me about God. And my mother had more religious articles in her house than anybody I've ever seen other than the Vatican museums themselves. Statues and books and pictures and you know all sorts of stuff and moms and dads grandparents leave them up leave them up out of sight out of mind take a look at how well you can teach the catholic faith here at saint saint margaret's look at the beautiful stations of the cross look at the statues that surround us look at our lady look at our lord the sacred heart in the corner there's a catechesis in there to teach not only ourselves but to teach those who are coming after us about how to love God. And how Our Lady said, Fiat, be it done unto me according to thy word. And the angel Gabriel announced to her, Hail, full of grace. What does that mean, Mom? What does that mean, Dad? She was conceived without original sin. The sin that we carry because of Adam and Eve, she was spared from because she is that singular vessel of devotion given to us by God. So we may have her to, to say, Fiat, that Jesus becomes incarnate. And without Mary's Fiat, how does Jesus give himself to us in the Blessed Sacrament? 
I know he just kind of sped it up a little bit there. But just think about how that all plays in. Ten years pass. No mass, no sacraments, no confession. I'm lifting weights with a buddy of mine. And I come up off the bench and I said, Hey, Mike, I'd like to give something back to the church, but not to that old timer down the street. Still there, that old man, that old priest, old Monsignor. He says, Tom, Mother Teresa of Calcutta just opened a soup kitchen in Norristown. Why don't we go check them out? You know, the missionaries of charity. So we went to Norristown the following week. I meet Sister John the Baptist, God rest her soul. She looks down at me with copybook in hand. She says, what's your name? I said, Tom Sullivan. She says, good, every Saturday, 4.30 for the rest of your life. I looked at my buddy, Mike Rooney. I said, dear God, Mike, we're back in detention all over again. I go into soup kitchen. I walk right over to the pots and pans, and I start scrubbing. The next thing I know, this little Indian sister comes walking over to me. She says, brother, brother, come, come. Yes, sister. Her name is Aloka. means light. Yes, sister. Come, come. I followed her. She takes me down this hallway. I have no idea where we're going. All of a sudden, she stands me before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament in chapel, and she says, every time you come to Soup Kitchen, every time you leave Soup Kitchen, you come here and you thank God for the privilege of serving him in the disguise of the poorest of the poor. I learned our Catholic faith by doing. That's part of the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, but it's also part of that Lenten sacrifice. To give a cup of water, to give a plate of food, to give a kind word, to give someone spiritual nourishment along the way in the name of Jesus Christ. Remember that. That is key because you raise it off of the social to the religious state. I was able to learn how to look at a man, woman, and child and not look at race, creed, or color and judge them, to look at them and say they are created in the image and likeness of God. And that's difficult. If you have nothing to pick out for Lent, try that. Do I look at my husband? Do I look at my wife? Do I look at my children? Do I look at my brothers and sisters? Do I look at my family? Do I look at strangers? And do I see Jesus in them? And do they see Jesus in me? If you really want to work at something, try that. Because what happens to you is this. You come face to face with yourself. You face your fear. You face your idiosyncrasy. You, you face, um, uh, how should I say, your prejudice. Theology and philosophy would come later. But it was by doing that I learned. As I began to work with the sisters, they began to work on me and they asked me questions. Why don't I go, you know, do something with my life? I had a full head of hair back then, pocket full of money. I was running my own company. I said, guys, do this, do that. They did it. And the sister said, do something with yourself. Go get married. Go do this. Why don't you become a priest? And I would laugh at them. Never. Never. Fellas, listen up. Girls, close your ears. Fellas, if you get a bunch of women praying for you, just say yes, dear, and do it. Okay? You understand. Okay? It's easier that way. Every time I went to Soup Kitchen for a month, every time I walked through that door, they would hand me a sack of onions. And I would peel these onions. And after a month, I had enough. And I went up to Sister Loka and I said, Sister, what have I done to offend you? Every time I come here, I get onions. This family right here, they don't get them. That couple right there, they don't get them. That lady right there, she doesn't get them. Just me. 
what have I done? And they're all laughing. So I pressed them. I said, tell me, please. And all of a sudden, Sister Loka looks at me and says, we like to see American men cry. Yeah, they knew exactly what they were doing. And then working with the sisters for a little while, I decided, you know something? If I'm going to talk the walk, you've got to walk the walk. In other words, be proud to be Catholic. Be proud to formulate your life and follow the image of Jesus Christ, maybe through St. Joseph or our Blessed Mother. But don't hesitate to express, I am Catholic, and we have the fullness of faith. It's not watered down. And I decided, you know, I'm going to man up and walk down the street a block and a half from where I lived, and I'm going to go back to church. And I walked in on a Saturday night. I knelt down in a confessional, you know, in the world, the flesh, and the devil right here. Every temptation was coming to me. My heart's pounding. You know, am I going to get thrown out again? Is this going to happen? You know, what am I doing here? That kind of stuff. And I knelt down in a confessional, and who do you think was waiting for me? The man that threw me out of church 10 years earlier. And his name was Monsignor John J. Haight. I'm looking for the mercy of God, and I've got hate next door. You know? And I confessed to Monsignor. I told him everything for about a half hour. At the end of that, I said, Monsignor, no more. And I heard this. I leaned on the screen and said, Monsignor Haight, are you okay? And then I heard 150 Hail Marys before Our Lady. I said, Monsignor, I didn't kill anybody. What are you kidding me? 150 Hail Marys? Wouldn't budge. Tough as nails he was. I realized that man didn't give me a penance. He gave me a gift. He put the rosary in my hand. Why not pray the rosary every day for 40 days in reparation to all the offenses that are committed against the sacred and immaculate hearts of Jesus and Mary? Why not gather your families around, fathers, beginning with you guys, saying, okay, honey, let's get the kids together and let's sit down and we pray the rosary together. For the family that pray, prays together stays together. Don't let that slip past you. I'm before Our Lady. I can see her here now. And I'm before and I'm praying. And I realized she turns to Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and says to him, Lord, look, he who was once dead has come back to life. Sanctifying grace was granted. Let us rejoice this night and be glad. And at the same time that's taking place, I'm making a Eucharistic Holy Hour. Why not make a Eucharistic Holy Hour as a family every week for Lent? Give Jesus just one hour a week in quiet prayer. You can afford to do that. For someone who swore he would never, never, and meant every word of it, step foot again in a church, look what he has done for me. Number one, he has been patient. He is the, son, he is the father looking for the prodigal son's return. Number two, he allows me every day to stand at the altar to say, this is my body and this is my blood. And to distribute Jesus Christ to his faithful, to his sons and daughters, to his lambs that he wants to nourish and feed with himself. He allows me to sit in a confessional to raise my hand covered in his blood to say, I absolve you, your sins are forgiven, go in peace. And there is absolutely no sin that Jesus Christ cannot forgive other than the sin that we will not give to him. I know that from personal experience. 
If there is something in your closet, if there's something in your shoe that you've been carrying around with you, now is the time to give it up. The season of divine mercy is upon us. And our Lord promised St. Faustina that the soul that will go to confession, receive him in Holy Communion, venerate his sacred image on Divine Mercy Sunday, will receive complete forgiveness and remission of sin and no temporal punishment. Every sin. And that comes out to this. Now I'm looking around about and I'm seeing people of my own age group, okay? Can you remember what you did two weeks ago? Let alone 40 years ago? Let alone 60 years ago? But if you could, would you confess it? Absolutely. But you forgot about it. Jesus says... I remember and I forgive. That's the beautiful gift of confession. Just don't presume on it. Act on it. I love being a priest. I love it. Monsignor Haight became a spiritual father and a dear friend to me. And this is the man that threw me out of church. It's all about forgiveness. It's all about healing. It's all about wanting to be like Christ. Take advantage of it. And to show you how it goes full circle, and I'll end with this. My brother Jim is a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. And Jimmy's maybe about 37, 30, yeah, about 37 years ordained now. And we were like bipolar growing up. He did it by the book. I was all over the place. My youngest brother, Steve, calls Jimmy up one day and he says, Jimmy, is it true? Is it true Tommy's going to become a priest with the Fathers of Mercy? And our logo is the prodigal son. And Jimmy said, yes, yeah, Steve, stranger things have happened in the history of the church. To which my younger brother, Steve, responded, Jimmy, are you sure he's not going to join the witness protection program? Take it for what it's worth. But the only thing I can guarantee you is this that if you start leading a life worthy of being called sons and daughters of Almighty God, the benefits are out of this world. He will prepare you to come to see him face to face. He will put his arms around you and say, well done, my good and faithful son, my good and faithful daughter. Come into my father's house. Please make your Lenten sacrifice united to the passion of our Lord for the salvation of souls. And please enjoy the parish mission that we're going to have this week. Real quick, tomorrow night we're going to speak on the Divine Mercy. And then on Monday we're going to speak about Mother Teresa of Calcutta. I personally knew Mother for about 15 years, and I still work with her sisters to this day. Also on, on uh, Tuesday we're going to have a, a day on Padre Pio. And then on Wednesday, we'll have, Wednesday and Thursday, we'll have something else. But each night and each day, there will be blessings with the oil of Padre Pio, the relic of Mother Teresa, uh, the oil of St. Faustina, the uh, oil of St. Joseph, whose feast day is coming up on the 19th of March. So please take advantage of these things. May God bless you, and may you have a beautiful and fruitful Lent. Amen.